0: there seems to be a disconnect. When we open the pages of our Bibles and we survey the use of the word gospel, it seems that we find a slightly different good news than what many Christians are used to hearing. It is not that the common presentations that we have been inundated with are altogether wrong. They're just incomplete. Sin is a problem. Eternal life is a promise of God to those who place their faith in Jesus Christ. But is this the gospel As exhaustively laid out in the pages of Scripture. In chapter 2 of The Gospel, precisely, author Matthew Bates speaks of the common gospel presentation of many Christians as simple salvation instructions. We are sinners, so we must do X so that God will save us, and so that we can be personally restored to right relationship with Him. Bates is clear that while this is an aspect and a consequence of the gospel— It is at best an incomplete picture of the good news as presented in passages like 1 Corinthians 15. To trim the gospel message down to salvation instructions is to create a disconnect in the Christian life that is not inconsequential. What is causing the disconnect, though? Bates argues in the second chapter that it stems from an incomplete picture of God's purposes for humanity. Sin, for example has become a one-dimensional problem. While sin is a personal problem that separates man from God, it is also a problem with vast social and cosmic implications. The ignorance of these implications is where the disconnect lies, even though they are necessary for grasping why we need the gospel as Jesus, the human king. What are the implications of sin? Not just for our personal separation from God, but for God's plan for mankind. How does the fall in the presence of sin throw a wrench in the purposes that God has for us as image bearers? These are the questions that will help us to reconnect sin and salvation back to the gospel. As Bates aptly phrases it, What if God's aim in seeking to save sinners is to rescue them for as much as to rescue them from? As he should, Bates starts at the beginning in fleshing out God's purposes for man. In Genesis chapter 1, we see that God makes mankind in his image. There's much debate over the extent and content of the Imago Dei, but one aspect that is clear in Genesis 1, 26 through 28 is that the image bearing is directly related to God's plan for mankind to rule, serve, and safeguard creation. This is a picture of what divine rule looks like. It is not tyrannical. It is authoritative yet focused on serving and safeguarding the kingdom over which it rules. See Mark 10, 45. What does this imaging rule by mankind do for God though? Bates argues that our image bearing makes his glory present to the world. The world encounters the glory of God through the images of God, living out their purpose in the kingdom set before them. This is the inherent issue with idolatry. It is not that God does not want images, but that the images that God desires to represent him and to bring him glory are not made of wood and stone, but are those that he fashioned by his words and hands. So what does this have to do with sin and the gospel? Simply put, when we sin, we rob God of his glory and we set ourselves up as gods. This means that sin is personal. We are separated from God in our transgressions and sins. See Ephesians 2.1. But sin is also social. It shames the community of God and robs God's people of the opportunity to image him and give him proper glory. Lastly, Bates highlights the cosmic consequences of sin. Romans 8.20 says that the creation was subjected to frustration as a result of it. The gospel, then, does not just give good news for the personal consequences of sin, but also for the social and cosmic issues at hand. God's image bearers are marred those created to give God glory are now robbing him of his glory and are exchanging it for personal idols. We routinely fall short of God's glory. Bates argues that in this frustrating, broken, image-marred situation comes exactly what humanity needs, a flawless human king who can restore God's glory amidst humanity's brokenness. Only then can creation be ruled by humans properly again, and God can receive the glory that is his due. Let's circle back to where we started. Why is there a disconnect between the salvation instructions we often hear championed as the gospel and the good news as outlined in totality? It seems the answer lies in our desire to focus on ourselves and affect missing the consequences of our sin on God's greater plan for our image bearing. God does want to make a way for you to be personally restored to fellowship with him. But he also desires to restore humanity's purpose as image bearers who illuminate his glory to creation through ruling, safeguarding, and serving what has been given to them by God. As we will continue to unpack in chapter 3, Jesus comes as a saving king to restore all of those things broken by sin, personal, social, and cosmic. It will take a human king who perfectly images God, who rules serves, and safeguards to restore you, me, and the whole world.